0: Wait a minute, I hear something! Dr. Movie! Dr. Movie! Blueberry Dr. Movie! Dr. Movie! Yeah! And welcome back to another episode of Dr. Movie. As you can tell, things sound a little differently. It's because I am on vacation, and I'm currently not driving my car. So, uh, being that this show is normally broadcast from behind a set of wheels, uh, not so much this episode, and probably a few coming up. Uh, kind of wanted to do one here that I consider to be kind of a lost 80s classic that I really don't hear anybody talking about, and as you can tell, if you you clicked on this, you already know where I'm going with this, um, it's, it's a, again, it blows my mind. Because uh, it's really the the little brother, if you will, or the older sister of uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It's a movie called The Wildlife from 1984. Uh, it's a comedy-slash-teen movie. Um, I never hear anybody talking about this one, and I want to kind of show my hand here already is I really think this one is kind of superior to Fast Times. Uh I don't know. Uh, there's more to it. It's not so much about the kids going to school. It's about what happens between, you know, like summer vacation and your your group of kids that have moved on and just trying to find their way. That's uh, that's kind of the beauty of this flick. And uh, let's let's do a quick synopsis here. Let's see. It's it's a six out of ten on IMDb, which I think it's a little better than that. Personally, I just really like this movie. And again, I never hear anybody bringing this one up. And uh, so let's do a synopsis. It's very, very basic. This is way more than what this is. A high school wrestler parties with his buddy at a swinging singles apartment complex. Really? That's what we're getting out of this? <laughs> That's maybe a tenth of what happens in this movie, right? Again, you got to think about Fast Times Ridgemont High. Speaking of that... Let's talk about this cast. This is why this movie is impressive because we think of fast times being kind of chock-full of, you know, now legendary names or popular actors and actresses. Um man, this one is just mind-blowing, right? So let's 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 get this going. We got Ian Mitchell Smith, right, from Weird Science, right? Uh plays a great character in this movie, you kind of follow him around. The story kind of revolves around him walking around, and uh, he is heavily influenced. This is, again, supposed to be 1984, and he is heavily influenced by the 60s, the Vietnam era, right? He's listening to all the music from that. When it starts off, he breaks into the school, which is shut down because it's not time for school to start yet, and he's carrying a jam box blasting Born to be Wild. And uh, He wears, like, camo pants, uh, sitting in the hallway, smoking a cigarette, and, uh, then he gets run out by a security guard that's there overnight. And when he walks out, he takes a pipe bomb (laughs) and places it in the hand of the the school mascot statue out front, and it blows the head and the hand off. And that kind of sets the whole motion for the rest of this. Um, we've got Jenny Wright in here playing a character Eileen, uh, Jenny writes the, the, the Near Dark, right? I mean, that's who I think of when, when I think of her movies. I think of about her in, in Near Dark. Very attractive lady. She's in I, Madman, uh, Young Guns 2, Lawnmower Man, World According to Garp. I mean, again, this cast is just mind-boggling. Chris Penn, who's really the star of this movie, uh, is hardly recognizable. He looks like Alex Winter from uh uh Bill and Ted in this. He's really skinny, blonde hair. So you got Sean Penn in the first one, Chris Penn in the second one. He's playing Tom Drake, who's basically a, a, a school wrestler who uh, you know, has made, you know, made his way all the way through the finals and all this stuff, and everybody knows him, but uh, you know, he don't have the best of reputations as far as just being a, a, a human being. Uh Leah Thompson. Uh, again, w- <laughs> what have you got to say, right? I mean, and these are lot, like these are not brand new roles for these people either. This is kind of in, in the height of everything. So what's interesting about Leah Thompson being in this is her ex-boyfriend in this movie is Eric Stoltz, which if you know your history about Back to the Future, that was going to be our main character's, you know, uh, Eric Stoltz was going to be the part that... that uh, uh, Michael J. Fox ends up playing. You know, if you've seen any of the footage, I mean, they actually shot footage with Eric Stoltz playing the part. So it's ironic to see these two together. And if that movie didn't worked out, it had been weird to kind of see them doing these movies together. But uh, yeah, Eric Stoltz, hello. <laughs> I mean, uh, Nancy Wilson from Heart has a part in this, which, you know, she popped in, uh, up in a lot of these movies back in this time frame, Valley Girl, but stuff like that. Uh, the list goes on and on, y'all. I mean, it's it's Rick Moranis. <laughs> I mean, it, it, how is this movie not talked about? Right? Uh, it just goes on and on. People, Sherilyn Finn, very young Sherilyn Finn, Ben Stein, Kevin Peter Hall. I mean, y- y'all knew who Kevin Peter Hall is right. He pretty much played the creature in every horror movie that we like that that's tall, right? Predator, uh, of uh, the, uh, Harry and the Hendersons. I mean, you know, uh, he, you know, without warning, one of my perfect, per- per- personal favorites. Uh, so not known for his on-screen appearance as far as a person, as far as his acting, but always played a creature. Uh, Ron Wood from the Rolling Stones. I said Ben Stein, I believe. Uh, folks, I'm telling you, uh, Angel Salazar in a ton of stuff. I mean, it's mind-boggling to look at this cast. Ted White, right? For all you horror fans out there, you know one of the best known horror figures of all time. Ted White's played it right. One of the best stuntmen. Uh, so he's in this as well. I mean, it's just absolutely mind-blowing. And that's that's there's still a bunch more folks that's in this movie. And that's what blows my mind about it. Um. The story, again, like I said, revolves around, oh, I I forgot, uh, uh, you got Randy Quaid in this too, right? And uh, his influence in this movie is pretty interesting. He doesn't have a big part, but uh, like I said, uh, uh, Ian Mitchell Smith's character is just captivated by Everything Vietnam War, and the reason why is he's he's been hanging out with Randy Quaid, which I never recommend, just saying, who plays a character named Charlie, who lives out in the middle of nowhere, he's a secluse, uh, a recluse, (laughs) Um, and he stays to himself, and, you know, our young character, which his name is Jim in the movie, is he just thinks he's so cool because he's been there and he's lived it and he's had to defend for himself and kill people. And you can see that Randy Quaid's character has a lot of issues, right? You only see him really once in the movie. And Jim, the whole time, is telling his best friend about just how cool Charlie is and he's been there and he's lived through it. And it's really give Jim, which is Ian Mitchell Smith's character, this boost of confidence that he goes around, he's not scared of anything... You know, these big kids come up to him. He's he's carrying the jam box around, playing all these old sixties and seventies tunes. And people he tell him, you know, a guy at the bowling alley tells him to turn it off, and he doesn't, and threatens him and all this stuff. And he's not scared of them. and he's got this attitude, and um, it 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 really turns around because he finds out that that Charlie is really not what he seems to be. Right? He sees the downside of it eventually. And it really makes uh, Jim, Jim's character, or the character that, of Jim, really turn his thought process around. Uh, Chris Penn, like I said, he's in love with uh, Eileen, which is Jenny Wright. Always hitting on her. She works at a department store, of a, a uh, clothing store, ran by Rick Moranis, who is Rick Moranis. I mean, what can you say? He's awesome. Um, and... Eileen, the girlfriend, really is having issues with with Tom, which is Chris Penn, because you know he he doesn't take anything serious. Uh, he he says it's casual whenever things are wrong. It's casual, you know. That's his way of saying eh, it's it's fine, no big deal, right? The became kind of a catchphrase. Therefore, I remember people at school saying it because of this movie. You got Eric Stoltz, who is wanting to uh, be the, the bird that jumps out of the nest and flies on his own, so he decides to go and try to get his own apartment to live in, and he finds out that he really can't afford it him by himself, he can't find anybody else, so he ends up with Tom Drake, Chris Penn moving in with him, which is a bad mistake, right? And, uh, he has recently broken up with Leah Thompson, and, uh, she is messing around with a, a cop that, um, uh, you know, just comes into her place of work and uh, spends some time with her. They can sneak off to the back, and, you know, she's she is totally into this guy, right? And you can tell just from the beginning, this guy's kind of a, a sleazebag. And uh, they're going to go out one night, and she's all dressed up, ready to go, and he doesn't show up. And she's kind of, you know, heartbroken because she doesn't understand what the deal is here. She ends up building up the courage and going to his house and finds out that he's a married man with kids and all this stuff. So he's been lying the whole time. And uh, at this point, like I said, she and and Bill, which is Eric Stoltz's character, is broken up, but he still has feelings for her. But she's like, look, you're not my boyfriend anymore. You, you decided you wanted space, so you got it. Well... He overhears some cops talking when he's eating lunch one day, and they're talking about this certain cop, and how he's been kind of, you know, messing with this girl, and he puts it all together, who it is, and when he shows up, it's right at the point to where Leah Thompson's character is, is confronting this officer about his home life, and he storms out of there. Eric Stoltz pulls up and starts trying to defend her. Of course, he can't fight against this cop. He's, he's a little bitty guy. But at the same time, this is how it all ties together. It's got that, like I said, uh, fast times kind of feel about it. At the same time, Ian Mitchell Smith knows what's going on as well because he's been seeing this throughout the movie, of this cop going in there and them going out and coming back and looking like their clothes are all messed up. And uh, while the cop is in there talking to Leah earlier, he sneaks under the cop's car and I don't know if he puts a pipe bomb under it or what, but he rigs it up to where when the cop leaves, it tears up the car and causes him to crash and tear up a bunch of stuff. So it's one of those things, right? You've got a great scene where (laughs) Chris Penn's character, even though he's, even though Jenny, uh, or I'm sorry, when Eileen tells him that you're not serious enough for me, We don't need to be an item. He actually asked her to marry him, wants to be engaged, and she's like, no way, absolutely not. And uh, he goes and tells all of his buddies, which he's got two musclehead guys that are both wrestlers too, that they always just slam their heads together. That's how they, instead of high fives, they just crack coconuts. And uh, he tells all them, hey, we're going out tonight because you know it's going to be a stag party because I'm getting married which it's not going to happen, but he uses his excuse to take his buddies to a strip club. And that whole scene is phenomenal. I mean, even, you know, not that I'm saying that the nudity is the reason why, but there's another group of guys in there, which is where Ted White is. And they get real upset with the young guys that are in there because they're kind of hogging the show and having a good time. And the guys are just trying to be older, sleazy gentlemen. (laughs) And it turns into a big fight, and uh, it's pretty hilarious. This movie, like I said, it, it, it plays out a lot like Fast Times, where even though you're dealing with fun, crazy, radical stuff, you also have some serious moments where you're dealing with real-life events, right? So, like I said, when, when Jim Conrad, the, the young guy, goes to visit uh, Charlie which is the the Dennis Quaid character. I'm sorry, Randy Quaid character. Um, and he sees him go to the bathroom, and he's uh, getting ready to, to shoot himself up, you know, so he's a heroin addict. And it kind of makes him realize, wow, you know. And uh, so, again, it, it's you're dealing with some pretty heavy things from the standpoint of, you know, the the condition that these people came back from war in, is devastating, and they were just doing what they were told, and they came back and were treated so crudely, uh, you know, doesn't help things, right? So, just an interesting take on all this stuff. Uh, it all ends up with, uh, Chris Penn's character making the bad decision of just having a big party at the apartment, and it just gets crazy, people. It's, I mean, it, it's, Think of the party in in the uh, bachelor party. I don't know if you've seen that one or not. That one will definitely be brought up on here too, uh, which is one of my favorites. But times that by 10. I and mean, there are so many people that they're hanging out in the hallways of this apartment building because there's nowhere else to go. And they run out of room. Some girls say, hey, love, there's not enough room here to dance. So the three knucklehead guys, Chris Chris Penn's character and his two wrestling buddies, decide to start just ramming the wall that goes to the next apartment until they bust it down, and then the party just fills over into that room as well. That's the kind of craziness you're dealing with here. Uh, for it to be a teen movie, there's still quite a bit of serious stuff going on here. Uh, I forgot to mention that that Ian Mitchell Smith's character and Eric Stoltz are brothers. So, you know, you kind of got that conflict going on where their home's kind of a messed up deal because they don't really have a father. They both just are raised by the mom. That's the reason, you know, uh, Ian Mitchell's character is so drawn to the Charlie character because he's looking for that strong, manly influence. So, it's, it's, it's very deep. But at the same time, very well done. A lot of fun. The car that Chris Penn drives around is an old uh, Lincoln that has had the top chopped off of it. So there's never a top on the car. He's got some old pioneer box speakers, you know, bolted down to the back so he can hear it. His glove box opens up and it's filled with ice and it's got beer and stuff in it. I mean, it's just, it's got all that kind of crazy 80s stuff in it, but then there's some really deep subject in here as well. So, uh, again, I just don't understand why this one is so overlooked because it is a very solid flick. And I think the same writer was involved with both movies as well, This and Fast Times. And that's probably why they look at these two as kind of being counterparts. But I say that you need to check this out. If you're a fan of Ridge uh, Ridgemont High and you're going, it can't be better than that one, I, I I challenge you to go check it out again, right? Check this one out. Check out Wildlife. And uh, let me know what you think, because I think it's just a totally overlooked classic 80s movie, right? That should be talked about a whole lot more. The cast is phenomenal. The story moves at the, the, the speed of light. It, it doesn't get boring. It's very well done. Uh, I'm going to give this a 4 out of 5. And uh, highly recommend you should check it out. And uh, let me know. If you're a fan of this movie, give me some feedback. Because I don't know anybody that really knows this movie or talks about it. And I'm sure there's a lot that have seen it, and they just kind of forgot about it. And again, that's why I wanted to bring it up. It's just kind of a lost movie, and it needs to be brought back out and, and talked about. So this is the first attempt. Hopefully this will encourage other people to do the same. But uh highly encourage you to go check it out. All right, folks, that's it for this one. We will check you on the flip side. Dr. Ube!